Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys. I am Ross Bolin, here in Austin, Texas, with my co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. You know, you might just have to, to drop off the whole for people that party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys because we might just be the number one Game of Thrones podcast out there. Just period. Yeah, just just point blank period. Straight, we are very good. Straight cash, homie. Very well, good actually, in- actually, I, I straight cash money's homie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We have to amend that classic Randy Moss quote for our purposes. Right, that's right. To yeah. combine it with the cash money. Combine monies. it with the cash monies. What's yeah. the dude's name who says cash monies? Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> I can't say his last name, but <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna have fun. Uh, for those of you who are new here, I know there are a lot of you. Welcome, welcome to the Clam Fam. We hope you enjoy what we've got going today. A lot of hotline calls. We're gonna answer a lot of questions. Got a great episode lined up for y'all. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. Everybody has the right to rest, but the key to getting your best rest is the right mattress. Meet Lisa with two incredible mattresses, accessories, and bases for better, deeper rest. Their all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers, or you can rest on their Sapira. It's their hybrid mattress. It's a little bit more pricey, but it's incredible. It's the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support, and it's the bed that both Barrett and I chose as our individual uh, beds from Lisa when we got to pick, and they're, they're, I, I could not more highly recommend a mattress. Yeah, what I always say, I'm like, I'm like, Sapira, more like Saperfect. Yeah, great. That's very clever. <laughs> very clever. You should do marketing for, for Lisa. You should hit them up and see if they'll let you write some marketing for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the bed is unbelievable. Their pillows and blankets are also great. And Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. From day one, they set out to create a company that had heart. And that's one of the reasons we love working with them so much. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've actually donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits, plus one because they donated a Lisa mattress to my Mimi, who's in a memory care unit with Alzheimer's, which was cool as shit. Thank you, Lisa. Clam fam, you get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon, promo code dragon. Go to lisa.com slash dragon today. Use that promo code dragon. Get 15% off your mattress. Go with the Lisa. Go with the Superior. You cannot go wrong. And like I said, grab some uh, accessories while you're there as well. Pillows, the best. The best. If you're new here, which many of you are, like I said, this is uh, the Game of Thrones podcast for people who love the show and want to make sure they understand everything that's going on, everything they need to understand without being a psycho nerd about it and scaring people. Uh, We started way back before season six. We did an episode of the podcast for every episode of the show, plus a separate hotline call-based episode for each episode of the show. And then after season seven ended, we were like, well, what the fuck do we do now waiting for season eight? So we founded The Night's Rewatch. We took our vows and we created a podcast episode for every single episode of Game of Thrones, starting back at season one, episode one, going all the way through season seven. Uh, These episodes are specifically for rewatchers, okay? You'll see they're labeled as such. If you are watching the show for the first time, obviously, don't listen to the rewatch podcast. That would be silly. It has spoilers in it. We discuss how things that are happening in the show uh, affect things that happen later in the show, which you don't even know about yet. So that would be silly. We do have season six and seven available for you if you're listening for the or you're watching the show for the first time. And then for those of you who are doing a rewatch, like we mentioned, every single episode is available for you already. So this past Friday, I I went to a little shindig thrown by our our buds over at Washed Media. Yes. Home of Circling Back. Right. There's a lot of backer clam fam crossover. Oh yeah. So to those of you that sh- you know that that shot the shit with me about Game of Thrones, thank you so much for for just telling us that you that you like the show and you listen to the show and you want to talk about the show because we like talking about it. So Clearly. So it's always always just a lot of fun to meet you guys in person and talk about the show and and hear theories and hear what you're what you're thinking for season eight so that was great fun uh you know i I, i'm not gonna say that i that that i that i stole the show there but 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 i had some shine on me you felt like a lot of it was about you the clam fam was out in full force for sure good so that that was uh that's always good to hear (laughs) what we like to do here is take other people's shine and apply it to ourselves yeah yeah. specifically by going to their parties their events and just making them our own 
and dressing. We dress like Game of Thrones characters when we go to these events, so we stand out. But uh, but yeah, that so that that was very cool. We don't do that. And uh, and what I one of the things that I that I learned, I, well, I didn't learn this. It was just the it was the second or third or fourth time that I've heard this, is that our episodes for the night's rewatch right. are actually very frequently used by people that are not actually going and wa- rewatching the episodes. They're using the podcast as like the refresher. Because, oh yeah, because, without even watching. Because yeah. we go so deep. So if if you're like, if you're trying to catch up right now, but you don't have time to like cram in all the shows. Do because, a full rewatch. Because that requires going like so much post work time basically like 70 hours of tv which means that you have to be watching on a screen yeah but these episodes man you just pop and play just plug them on while you're while you're crunching some numbers on a spreadsheet or what have you and uh or cranking it or running and, in the park and you basically what i'm saying picking is picking flowers you can listen to these episodes all day you could just listen to 20 like you know about 20 in a day if you just don't sleep and so yeah you don't need sleep yeah so just like three days, you listen the to the White podcast, Walkers you, sleep? Could, you could knock the whole thing out. They don't sleep. You're going to sleep? That's how we lose. <laughs> no sleep. Uh, but yes, to Barrett's point, you absolutely, like, for, a lot of people don't have time to rewatch every episode of Game of Thrones uh, like we are blessed to have. But you can still listen to the rewatch episodes and get all the information you need, get the refresher. I, we very much talk about the episodes chronologically in a way that allows you to remember everything that happens. So it's... I mean, it's not as if you're going to be confused or not know what we're talking about. You're going to know exactly which scenes we're talking about. We go through it in order as the episode unfolds. So absolutely, don't be afraid to listen if, you're, uh, if you just don't have the time to watch. That's a, it's a great resource for you. So if you've been upholding your vows as part of the Night's Rewatch, or if you upheld your vows, I guess I should say, uh, welcome, brothers and sisters. If you rode with us during season six and seven, what up, Clam Fam? Welcome home. And obviously, as season eight draws even closer... We would very much appreciate it if you would help spread the word about oysters, clams, and cockles by telling family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, anybody you know who loves Game of Thrones and might be in need of the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm, we are here for you. Spread the show around, okay? It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud. Those are the three we would prefer you listen on because they're the ones we can track. And that's it for the intro. It's time to get into this thing. We got a lot of hotline calls for you today. We picked 10. In fact, just bef- okay. Oh, what's you, up? You can stop me if there's a hotline call about this. It might be. Is there you a hotline know. call about Sophie Turner? There is not. No, let's discuss that. Okay, right then now. we need to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophie At the Turner, hockey game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sophie Turner gets put up on the big screen, the Jumbotron, the Jumbotron at, at a, a New York, York Rangers. Rangers game. Yeah. And proceeds to absolutely demolish her appearance. Like it could not have been better. It could not have been more like charming and attractive. When you say demolish her, you mean like she, she crushes, she crushed it. the appearance on like, the screen. You yeah. could not have done better than what than what she did. It was it was almost. I, I sat there and thought about this for like forty five minutes because I was like, that was the that couldn't have been a better performance. You, and what's what's a, what makes it so awesome is that you always like hope that a celebrity like gets that opportunity and like shows some personality and like does something like a normal they person never and do. like. And they're ju- they're just usually like they just ignore it or they just like do mm-hmm. away or like oh, whatever like I'm you know, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio I'm gonna pull my hat down even further, right? No no no. Sophie Turner proceeds to do what every millennial has to do if you get on the jumbotron, which is dab. And for, then, first and hit a dab. <laughs> well, she she even okay. The great thing about the dab, just to touch on it for a second, there was a lead up to it. There's like a leaning back and forth, getting ready to yeah, execute she's, the yeah, dab. Yeah, she's like thinking about she's it. Like, she's ooh, like, ooh, what am I about to do? And, dab! And yeah. you're just like, oh my God, she's doing it. And then yeah. you, the second she dabbed, you knew the wine was going and down. And then she chugged, and then she chugged a full her, glass of a wine. A full glass of wine. <laughs> a, f- a full glass of wine. That's a full glass at a Rangers game. That's like $14 worth of wine she just slugged. It was, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was one of the best moments of my life. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I saw it go up on Barstool's page and immediately was like, well, yeah, I have to post this on OCC. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the way the internet works for those of you who are like, hey, shut the fuck up. Uh, and I, I watched it like a hundred times. Yeah, and it's, I, it's very good. I and was like, did she plan this? Did she know? Because it was that good that I was like, did she sit at home and come up with this move like this shoulder rock leaning into a dab then chugging? But no, I think she's just like one of those people who's so naturally cool and yeah, charismatic. I think she's just a cool chick. It, it, she's like in my top three now. Yeah, and it's it weird. definitely rocketed her up. There. Oh my, it's fucked up. And she's got this new movie coming out. She got Dark Phoenix coming out. Is she's, anybody hotter than Sophie? She, she's with the Joe Jonas guy. She's in the music video, looking tight. It's a weird Jonas brother, but who cares? Yeah, it's fine. 
fine. You know, it just she's just really on the come up, man. She's and, um, she couldn't be hotter in terms of her career and her and her body. Yeah, the, Sophie Turner, so hot right now, <laughs> Sophie Turner. Uh, I, I also just had to throw this in. I recently went to a hockey game, almost as prestigious and star studded as a New York Rangers game. Of I, I drove uh, thirty minutes north to Cedar Park. Uh, and watched a Texas Stars hockey game. Okay. Yeah, I thought that it. was home of the Ice Bats. No, it's that that I don't know, that's oh, another that's one or they else. used to be, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but that but yes, this is the feeder team for the Dallas Stars oh, huge. In, in Dallas. Um and the stadium holds about 5,000 people, which means and this is the best part of it that like you when you, if you go to a game, right. you have like a 75% chance of getting on the JumboTron. Okay. Yeah. So I did get on the jumbotron. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I did my due diligence, man. I dabbed. I dabbed like a like a madman. Why? How have you not told me that? When was this? <laughs> like so, two, like two a, or three weeks ago. It's a really big deal. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you betrayed me as a friend by <laughs> withholding this information. Being on the big screen is like one of my goals in life. Every time I'm at a Rockets game and they start doing one of the cams, whether it's the right. cam or whatever, yeah, yeah, you, I'm like, maybe this is the day. Yeah, I've been to. You know, probably 300 sporting events in my life never come close. Well, get yourself an ego boost. Go out to a Texas Stars game because you're getting on the screen. L- okay. I mean, l- every single person around us showed up on the screen at one point in time. So it's just like, okay, I'm pretty sure everybody gets on. And do you feel happy with your performance on the screen? Well, n- now you can't I, feel that happy, or else you would have found that shit. I I did. Well, it's not like it, they don't broadcast these I guess, games. I guess yeah. Yeah, this is just for the 5,000 people that are there. Huh. And I did feel good about it because I dabbed like I dabbed like hell. But then Sophie Turner made me feel terrible because I did not include a beer chug at right. the end of my of right. my appearance. So what no, the fuck I, am I so no, I whiffed. If I, I totally get, whiffed. If I get hit on the you screen, chug your sprite. You I chug got, your sprite. Like take out a joint and light it. Then I get thrown out of the. You stadium. just chug your sprite and then you and then and maybe dab. yeah, hyper and then dab. dab yeah, hyper dab. For the record, uh, Sophie didn't go with the hyper dab. She went with a very calm and collective one dab. solo dab. That which uh, yeah. The hyperdab is more of a that was very mature of her. A psychotic male move, I, I would say. We we enjoy that. The children and the in the psychotic older males, we do the hyper. I, I went with the hyper yeah. yeah, and looked like a damn fool. And but big it was, cat, but it was tight. I think that's the only one he knows how to do is the <laughs> hyper dab. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was incredible. That was like, I don't know if, if you haven't seen that somehow. It's on our Instagram page at oysters, clams, cockles, and then credit to Barstool Sports for whoever sent that to them with the uh, with the Snapchat because that was glorious. Uh, I mean, it's it's she's like doing incredible promo work for the show that's not even actually promo work. Like that got seen twenty million times. Yeah, yeah. And everybody remembers now. Oh, Game of Thrones is really close. Yep, indeed. Okay. Anyway, All right. to get yes, to get into the hotline calls eight six six four three clams is our number. Uh, the hotline is a voicemail. Okay, so you just call, you ask a question, leave a theory, some constructive criticism, a clam fam correction, whatever it may be. We're not going to spend any time on clam fam corrections today, just for the record, because uh, those are a little mo- bit more monotonous. We're going to have some fun discussions, some theory discussions, some question answering, and we got ten calls, as I mentioned, picked out for y'all today. Here is the first. What's up, guys? Dan from North Carolina. Uh, I thought James going north this season to join up with you know all the good guys. Well, Danny's going to be there. So what's it going to be when Danny is confronted by the man who killed her father and started you know. All that shit. Stop. Bye. Okay, so first question is, Jamie's obviously, or at least we very much assume, he's heading north, right? To uh, join up with the good guys, as we would refer to them, in Winterfell, most likely. Um, where Danny is obviously going to be as well. This is, this is something we've touched on quite a few times. I'm just curious if we have any further thoughts on what the different dynamics are going to be between Jamie and many, many characters he has not come in contact with either ever or it's been a very, very long time, uh, like Bran, the kid he threw out of the window in the first episode. They've never had any interaction, and Bran now has the ability to sightsee, so it's going to be, like in the past and the future, so it's going to be interesting to see how Bran responds to Jamie since he threw him out of a window, how Danny responds to Jamie because she killed her crazy, mentally ill dad. Like, she clearly... We've seen some of her dealing with the the uh, past, her family's past and history, but it still doesn't seem like she's fully processed. Like that, the Mad King was the was truly mad. You're right, and we've also talked about 
how Jamie watched Danny just like go scorched earth on thousands of Lannister at the loot train massacre. soldiers. Right. Yeah, that's a so, huge element as well. Th- this is going to sound. And then he tried to kill her. This is going to sound like a super boring answer, but I think it's safe to say that there will be tension between Jamie and other characters that he has not yet met face to face. Yes, I would. I would say that is a safe assumption. I'm just interested to see how he approaches it in terms of is he apologetic and or is he defensive. Um, is is him riding away from King's Landing like a full-on transferred to good guy status forever, or is he still going to be somewhere right, in the middle? Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's very much been this guy wallowing around between the good side, the light side of him with Brienne, and the dark side of him with Cersei. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be a... There will just be a major lack of trust, and people will not be able to fully go in on him as a good guy, because right. Bran's going to be like... Remember that time that you pushed me out of a window? And he's going to be like, yeah, I was a totally different dude back then. Trust me, I've totally changed. And they're going to be like, I don't know. Then there was that other time that, you know, you like raped your sister and on of, top of your front dead of your son. And corpse. Like, it's like, what? You know, there's just a whole bunch of things that he'll probably have to really show some serious contrition. For. It's, it's really odd to think of it this way, but like Bran almost has a godlike quality to him now because yeah. you're essentially answering for your sins to him. Because he knows what you've done. Right, yeah. Totally, Which is fucking totally. bizarre to think, or like now, Santa, th- if you're I not mean, religious. Then again, it is always, uh, we're still a little unclear. Like, you, the Three-Eyed Raven, brand specifically at this point, yeah. sometimes has to go looking for a memory. Sure. So he might not know some of the really bad stuff if he doesn't go look for it, if he right. doesn't like, you know. That's one of the fascinating things about Bran as a character and his development is we have never, well, we've sure, we've had several scenes where we've gotten to watch him go back to like the Tower of Joy or to like that one weird thing where he went to the Weirwood Tree where the Night King was created and then he encountered the entire fucking army of the dead and the guy touched him or whatever. Right, right, right. We've gotten those scenes, but he's clearly done hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Weirwood research that we are unaware of. And we don't know exactly what he's gone back and learned versus what he hasn't yet. What things in season eight will tip him off to need to go back on vision quests through time or mm-hmm. into the future or whatever. And uh, that's going to play a huge part, you have to imagine, in season eight. So we'll see. But yeah, one of the most interesting aspects will certainly be what is Jamie's dynamic with characters who have been on the right side of the fence the whole time as he is just arriving. Next call. What's up? This is Connor from Michigan. Um, did I dream this? Or was there an episode like three seasons ago where we saw that Varys had uh, the dude locked up somewhere in a pit that cut his dick off? Um, I remember that really vividly, but it was a long time ago. Are we going to get any resolution on that? Uh, what do you think? Okay. Okay. If if you have a memory of Varys having a the guy that chopped his dick off in a pit, then you probably should do the full-blown rewatch. Maybe don't just listen to the episodes, actually watch the show and do the rewatch uh, the rewatch podcast at the same time. No, it wasn't in a pit, bro. He, he brought he brought the the wizard that castrated him out and showed him to Tyrion as he gave that like powerful monologue uh, about how he had waited and waited and bided his time until he could have his revenge on this guy, and then we never see what happens to him from there. You have to imagine it probably wasn't very pleasant considering he chemically castrated Varys, and Varys waited like 30 years to execute his revenge. Yeah, there's no... Uh, th- no, no further resolution needed there. That man what, is dead. What, what will... Something that has a reasonable chance of coming into play, I would say, is Varys's relationship to magic and probably dark magic in particular and the supernatural in general yeah and i've seen some like just some random like twitter headlines or column headlines yes like kind of mentioning that like what's Varys going to do about like using weird magic shit and like that and so there's it's it's reasonable to assume that because of his last interactions with melisandre that he could be in a difficult spot where he has to like to be very torn, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's so anti magic, right? And, and so does that lead to like some type of betrayal? Yeah, you know, does yeah. he not mail the letter? Does he just throw it into the ocean? Right, like that type of thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just like so many people are still on the fence or want to be on the fence with with Varys. And for me, he like, I mean, I I just don't see him being a bad guy again. It it was so much slippery gray area for him for six seasons man before he like jumped over to the right squad and you really got to know his intentions and what what he was all about which is the realm the realm the realm the safety of the realm what's best for the realm etc the question that i think sticks in my mind is like is there going to be a point where he decides you know what neither of these people is good for the realm 
or like because that's he's the sole decision maker on that front. He's the one doing the judging, right? So it's like it's just him and having conversations with his boys, like Illyrio or whatever. But he's the one who's making the decision on whether or not somebody is fit to lead. And if he decides maybe Danny's not fit or John or Cersei certainly or whoever, I don't know where season eight takes uh, our boy Varys. But he most certainly took care of that wizard. Mm, that, yes. that dude is gone skinned. Yeah. Next call. Hey, uh, this is Chris um, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I uh, was born Chris, but I'm also Tyler. <laughs> I'm calling because I'm listening to the night's rewatch for the second time. And one thing I noticed is Illyrio and Sir Jorah Mormont crossed paths. And I don't remember anybody asking this, but how, but how did Sir Jorah, being a spy, not pick up on Illyrio helping Daenerys and send that information back to King's Landing early on in season one? Love the podcast. Hope we get some good answers and feedback to this question. Thanks. Bye. All right, so this is something I honestly had never really considered. When we when we meet Jorah for the first time is when he approaches Danny on her wedding day to gift her some books, right? She gives her, like, the stories and tales of old, old Valyria or some shit. That's not what it's called. The histories and something. A badass book name. Super fancy. You're like, ooh, who's this dude? Yeah. A little yeah. older looking, chiseled, clearly <laughs> been through some shit, right. handsome guy. And then Barrett started writing yeah, for you're him. Like, you're like, this is a dude I could see myself writing for. I- immediately, you, yeah. you, you uh, started writing for him. At that very wedding, that whole thing has been put together by Illyrio, right? He's essentially hosting it almost. And he gives Danny the dragon eggs. He's kind of the main guy who's put this whole thing, brought it all together. He's the one who was working with Viserys. He's the one who was working with with Khal Drogo. He brought this whole deal together. So certainly he's aware of Jorah, and Jorah's aware of him. But there's never really any... I don't remember ever having any interaction, or I can't recall if they were in cahoots at any point, or it wouldn't really make sense for them to be because Jorah was spying for Robert Baratheon and Varys, but I guess Varys also worked with Illyrio. It's like, it's all tied... What, what's our point, though? What I are don't we, know. What are we I guess, saying? We're just examining the, what the relationship between Illyrio and yes. Jorah could have meant or would have meant? If Illyrio was helping to set up the Danny marriage to Khal Drogo, yeah. and he's also a Varys associate who, because mm-hmm. remember he meets with Varys in the dungeon, Arya sees them discussing uh, whatever they're discussing mm-hmm. at that point, the Targaryen situation across the Narrow Sea. Uh, I guess, is Illyrio aware of Jorah? Are they on the same side? Are they are they opposing? Why didn't that ever come into play? I, I don't know. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Jorah was... Well, just like think about like how we got to that point in the first place. Jorah right. had been exiled from yeah. Westeros and had basically gone and like started a new life across, across the, the Narrow sea. sea. So he was just like a known dude over in 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 Essos or That's wherever. True. People knew he was there. He because was an infamous he, warrior. He was an infamous warrior from Westeros that had been exiled and now he's like making a name for himself as a, as, a, as a whatever. By Ned Stark specifically, a famous, very famous person. And he was, so he was there and he was part of the whole deal because he then was like, he basically like rode off with Danny and Khal Drogo. To be an advisor. To be an advisor. To hope, to hope to be an advisor. You would right. He was like part of the, almost part of the Khalasar just as like, yeah. in like a weird capacity. I don't yeah, it's it's funny how they were like, so you're coming? Yeah, he's just yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm right. Like, yeah. I'm right. Here, here I am. You got a white guy now. Where'd this dude come from? Yeah. Okay. So but I but then to like make the connection back to Varys, like yeah. we we don't know what Illyrio did or did not tell Jorah. Like that seemed to be very Illyrio's relationship with Varys seemed to be super clandestine. Yeah. Super secretive. Right. So yeah, you're meeting in the fucking dungeon. Right. Why would yeah. he just like go around telling Jorah like, "Oh yeah, I'm also scheming with uh, this this bro, this this eunuch over in Westeros." Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean I maybe there know. is no connection between the two or yeah. maybe they're just aware of each other. I don't know, but they're two guys who were in the same place at the same time for one of the most meaningful moments in the history of the show and and something that certainly played into everything down the line. So I also can't even remember like what Illyrio's deal was. Like who He's what, always so confusing. Like what was he trying because when they're when he and Varys are talking down in the dungeon back back way back when, season mm-hmm. one or two or whatever. Right. That's when we hear Varys side with the Targaryen. I believe so. For I, the first I think time. that's right. So Illyrio is on Team Danny, I guess. Yes. In the long run. He's a he's a Targaryen uh Loyalist. Okay. Basically. Yeah. That's the impression yeah. that you okay. get. Yeah. But uh, anyway, hopefully we answered that sufficiently. I don't think we did, but <laughs> it is what it is. 
This episode of OCC is also brought to you by MyBookie. Finally, March Madness is upon us, literally as of today. And I'll be straight with you. I'm not normally that big of a college basketball guy, as many of you already know. I'm an NBA guy. Uh, You kind of have to be obsessed with one or the other as a basketball fan, in my opinion. They're just very, very different. But even though I don't give two shits about college basketball during the regular season, as a general sports fan and degenerate gambler, I thoroughly enjoy March Madness every year, obviously. It's one of the most exciting times to bet on sports in the entire year. And not coincidentally, this episode of OCC is brought to you by the place you should be betting on March Madness, mybookie.ag. Uh, MyBookie's been doing business for years and years. They've been sponsoring our podcast for years and years. They have quick payouts, the best player perks in the industry, easy-to-use mobile and desktop sites so you can get in on the action from anywhere at any time, uh, literally. <coughs> Excuse me. If you miss tip-off, for example, it doesn't matter. That's fine. You can get on an, on a live line, and you can still have some skin on the game. This happens to me a lot. March Madness games are... Uh, staggered in a ridiculous manner throughout the course of the day. So I often miss tip-off and have to get a live line, which MyBookie can provide you with. Uh, Today it begins. Place your bets with MyBookie now before you miss out. They will actually match your deposit with a 50% bonus up to $1,000. Stipulations apply. You just use the promo code DRAGON to activate that offer. Go to MyBookie.ag today. Use the promo code DRAGON when you sign up, and you will get a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That means if you put in $1,000, they will give you $500 more dollars. 50% 50% deposit bonus, and again, there's stipulations that apply to that. Um, you can also bet on all types of props regarding Game of Thrones Season 8. Who's going to end up on the throne? Who's going to die first? Whose titties will we see first? Outrageous prop bets. Dragon. Yeah, exactly. You play, you win, you get paid. Only at mybookie.ag. Use the code DRAGON when you sign up and get that 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Next call. Hey, guys. Taylor from Atlanta here. Um, I just want to say, I just realized that In six episodes, Game of Thrones is done forever, which means that in about six to eight episodes, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is done forever. Um, Maybe I'm a dumbass for it just hitting me. I don't know. But I got kind of sad, and I'm kind of bummed out. And I am a member of RVP Gang. I'm a member of FAMPS. So, you know, got two more podcasts to keep listening to, but... I just wanted to know what y'all thought or if y'all are bummed out about OCC ending and the clam fam coming to an end. But yeah, it kind of fucked me all the way up. So yeah, that's it. That's the call. Y'all have a great day. Bye. You're taking the entirely wrong attitude (laughs) to this. Entirely wrong. God damn. Yes, Game of Thrones ends in six episodes and technically OCC's coverage of the first series of Game of Thrones will end in six to eight episodes or whatever. But, oh, Bish, how wrong you are. We, we, we're going to live forever. There, new books are going to be coming. There's fucking prequel spinoffs and shit. Other spinoffs are going to be made. Uh, this train full of Tylers is not stopping. <laughs> you're, you're dead ass wrong. The Tyler train it is, can't a, be stopped. is a never-ending train. It really is. It will never be stopped. Infinite cars. There is no caboose on the Tyler train. That's because as long as people are getting named Tyler... We will be here. We'll be, we'll be here. And we'll be growing stronger by the day. Exactly Name your children right. Tyler. Grow the Tyler gang. I wonder where Tyler is on the list of like popular children's names in 2019. You have to assume it skyrocketed since 2016 when we started talking about Tyler. That's true. Became That's true. the most popular Everybody Tyler was like, well, we got to get, we got to, and we got to have our child in, in, in Tyler Nation. It's got to be part of the clamp. Because you, you want the perks of Tyler Nation for your offspring. Exactly. But yeah, no, we're going to be, listen, the... I have no idea what the schedule is for the prequel stuff or how many there are going to be or what all the fuck is going to go on in the future with if, if we ever will get another book. But best believe we're going to find plenty of ways to continue to do OCC and uh, entertain the Clam Fam and, and all of y'all who have been writing with us this entire time. Yeah, and I mean, there's been other people that have that have reached out that I know enjoyed some coverage of other shows yes. and we've tossed that around too so I, I, I'm no promises or anything but right. there, there's always a sh- there's always a chance that like when there when there are some some longer dead periods with right. with nothing in the can for Game Thrones of Thrones specifically, specifically there will absolutely be other like culturally relevant shows that we might for sure cover. Yeah, for those of you who don't remember, at one point between season six and seven, when we got bored, we were like, ah, fuck it, let's just do a bunch of different shows. And we watched, like, The Young Pope, which was very artsy, but... That's right, that's right. I don't know if it was worth it. We would would be more selective with the shows, I think, on the second go-round. Fargo season three really boned us, but that's okay. Yeah, 
It yeah. just, like they finally made a not great season and we happened to do a podcast on it. We yeah. were like, all right. I don't that, even think yeah. you can find those episodes. I think I removed them from the feed because it was so confusing. Like I didn't want people to get to the OCC feed and then be like, wait, what? Well, not the other thing is I, I don't want to go off on too long of a tangent here. Not every single show demands being reviewed oh, episode hell, by episode. Hell no. And so like- Doesn't work for a lot of shows. Exactly. So, and so, you know, like let's say somebody mentioned Mindhunter, which I thought was awesome, stoked for season two. Loved it. That's one where we could like break it down into yes. like three episode chunks, you know? Yes. And like just-, and just and, discuss. And not have to do- a, Episode you know, by episode. Episode by episode on a, on a show. Yeah, there's sh- I mean, th- that's a great point and we don't have to go any further like you said, but it's it's yeah. de- there's definitely a ton of opportunity for us to do more uh, in the same space that we've already been doing things anyway this this podcast is not going to die that would be fucking idiotic we'd be terrible at life if we just let the show die it's been one of the coolest things we've ever gotten to do so no clamp not to worry we'll be around don't don't you worry about any of that shit next call what's up clamp fan this is luke in dallas uh just uh, started my night's rewatch about a month and a half ago um and just finishing up season six now and just noticed tommen obviously outlawed uh the trial by combat and it's got me kind of thinking, um, you know, if trial by combat were a real thing, uh, you know, today, who would be y'all's, uh, you know, choices to, to fight for you? Uh, love to hear what you guys have to think. Thanks. Bye. I like this question. Can I quickly acknowledge something that I forgot to acknowledge when we were talking about it? The dude, the third hotline call, the guy who called about uh, Illyrio and yes, and, and yes. Dora, he said he was listening to the Night's Rewatch for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights re rewatch is what he's doing. That's a uh, that's a real one. Right that's there. very impressive. Congratulations. Um, okay, so if trial by combat was a real thing, Barrett, and you were put on trial and you opted for a trial by combat, and you're picking from a real world, let's say it has to be a living individual. Whoa, wait, wait. is it, oh this is not show characters? No, not necessarily. I don't think. I th- I think it's in the real world. If you had to pick somebody to represent you in a trial by combat, who's it going to be? And ironically for me, I think that the guy who plays the mountain is still one of your best <laughs> options. Half board Julius Jordanson or whatever his name is, the Icelandic mm-hmm. strongman who has the, yeah, yeah, the teensy yeah. girlfriend. They look hilarious next to each other. Like the real guy genuinely might still be your best option. The other thing it make, like brings to mind for me is like maybe you have to go with a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people probably feel like, you know what, Conor McGregor would be a badass choice, but he keeps losing. So I don't know if that's the way to go. Yeah. No, you need, I mean, honestly, it, it, originally I thought he was talking about characters in the show. Yeah. And I was like, well, this question is too easy because if you don't choose the mountain, you're probably you're going to an die. idiot. Yeah. You're, you're going to lose. I mean, that's Kyle. just like, that's just your best option. He's now a walking zombie right. monster. Yeah. That's the dude you pick if you have to pick from the show for sure, and it really still might be the dude I pick. So I think I think for the for the show question, I think that the only fair way to like put this question out there is to eliminate the mountain from your options. Okay, and then you've got a lot of stuff. You've got a lot to discuss with Brienne or the Hound or the Viper or the or uh, Oberyn, Arya, Bronn, Arya. Then it's better. Then it's a better question to me. Honestly, at this point, if you if you had to pick a living character, and I don't think the mountain counts as living, mm-hmm. I think I'd go with Arya. I'm, I don't see her dying. I think I'd go Bronn because I know that Bronn is willing to do anything and everything to win. Bronn's trial by combat to save Tyrion at yeah. the Vale is one of the coolest yeah. fight scenes. Like when he just wears the dude out. And they're like, come on, finish him. And Bronn's like, finish me. This motherfucker's exhausted. He's not going to do shit. And then he just, he runs his sword straight down through the dude and kicks him through the moon door. Yeah. Yep. The most cold-blooded fucking it shit. It is. Yeah. It's nasty. Bronn's definitely a good choice. You need somebody who's going to play dirty for you and not be afraid to. But real world, now real world choice, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go with a, with a very unknown, a relative unknown fighter. Okay. He goes by the name Senior Slayer Lin. Oh wow! And I watched. I've this, heard of this I guy. watched this guy fight a much smaller guy in the parking lot of a marble slab creamery once when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we were supposed to be inside at Young Life. I yeah, think. Uh-huh, that's uh-huh. what Young Life. For those of you who knew about Young Life, <laughs> Young Life at our high school was essentially where all the drug dealers and 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 misfits met up to beat the shit out of each you, other and you smoke went, weed. You, yeah, you went to Young Life to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> And have fights and watch, outside of the Marble Slab Creamery. Organized <laughs> fights in the parking lot. 
Yeah, yeah Senior yeah. Slayer Lin. So Senior Slayer Lin is is probably my top choice in the uh, in the real world. He he really <laughs> he put up such a good fight against a state championship wrestler. That's yes. That the fight had yeah. to be broken yeah, up before yeah. a winner could be decided, which we counted as a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the, if, forever. He's also just fourth been he, known as Senior know, Slayer Lin. You've 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 heard in the NBA about the irrational confidence mm-hmm. guys, like the dudes that just come off the bench and just like throw heat checks out there. And they and it, yeah. yeah yeah just you know. And like they either go zero for twelve from three, or like just like put up thirty points in one quarter and and break the game. Yeah. Right. Yes. And he's senior Slayer Lynn is very much an irrational confidence. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Simmons loves to talk about irrational yeah. confidence guy. I love all the like. Uh, he's got several of those where yes. it's like labels that he yeah. sticks on players, yeah. and they're always spot on. Even though I'm not that huge of a Bill Simmons fan anymore, he just kind of annoys me. I do love his NBA takes still. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still going with half bore. <laughs> Is that how you say that dude's name? No. It's got accents all over the top <laughs> of it. I have no fucking idea how to say that. Anyway, thanks for calling Luke from Dallas. Next call. So if you guys have not seen the Umbrella Academy yet, you really should do yourselves a favor and go do that on Netflix because it is incredible how they've managed to make Dick On's head look even smaller. Truly incredible. What? Okay, yeah, I, I, when we talked about Dickon, we were huge on, on Dickon. We were big Dickon fans. Yeah, you can't tell me that Dickon is not just like an objectively attractive man, and I will not hear about his small head. He is objectively attractive. He just needs to stop doing shoulders. Like, <laughs> he has got to stop doing shoulders. He already has naturally huge shoulders, and then when you plop armor on the dude, yeah, it looks yeah. like there's a peanut sitting on top of a fucking <laughs> mountain. Like. His head's too small for those shoulders. All but, right, okay, all right. But I, I, yeah, objectively, of course, he's like a fucking underwear model. Yeah, yeah you can do whatever he wants, tiny head or not. He's going to be fine. That was a quick one <laughs> about Dickon's tiny head. Next call. Hey, Clan fam, this is Emma from Missouri. Um, I just started watching, or just started listening to your show. Um, actually, when the season eight trailer came out, so I really enjoy it. It's really cool. And um, I listen on every day on my way to work, so... Um, anyways, um, I was just responding to your guys' little spiel about um, what the Night King wants, what's his motive. Um, I believe it's he's coming for uh, John and Danny's baby. Um, I think that baby is something special to him, and they're going to make some sort of agreement um, to where you know maybe he'll leave them alone if they can if he can have the baby, and that's going to be some really dramatic and um, heartbreaking thing in the in the season eight. Um, so, uh, I, I think this because, you know, Craster, um, you know, they, they only want baby boys. So, uh, you know, they don't want John because he's a grown man now. So he, he doesn't qualify for that. And, um, Gilly, Gilly's baby is too old, maybe. Um, cause in the trailer, he looked like he was like five, like sitting on her lap. So I think that they're after, um, John and Danny's baby because, uh, you can see right when they're um, John and Danny are having, you know, an intimate moment um, on the ship in season seven. It's right whenever they go for the wall and they they start heading towards the wall to um, to break it down. So that's what I think. Let me know what you think. Uh, thanks for listening and keep being awesome. Well, this I'll be honest, this really fucked me up. I uh, So I've stayed off like Reddit and all that. I'm sure this is a, a theory that's been popularized via the internet. It's not, I, I mean, it's a it's a very good theory, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. one that like really could be... The combination of a potential pregnancy from Danny, uh, the existence of little Sam as Craster's 100th child that they took away from Craster's keep, uh, Sam and Gilly, the whole babies could come into play thing had not struck me. And the fact that the Night King utilizes human children to continue his existence and continue his, you know, race or whatever they are is now very concerning to me because now I'm for sure worried that, like, this is somehow going to tie into perhaps a baby having to be... If the show ends with a, a, a deal being struck where they have to give the Night King a baby and he leaves for another thousand years or whatever, uh, that would suck big dick not necessarily as an ending but as like a i think that would crush my soul hmm. not trying to see babies get took yeah i'm i'm i guess that leads to the question why is their baby so special i think the the little sam one is scary because it's 
because it's the hundredth baby from Crafters Keep. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, that you think? Would if, mean. Oh, if it's little, if it's little Sam. But if the, it's but little, the Sam, caller mentioned that little Sam was maybe too old already, and that might be the case. Absolutely good point. Uh, but then, yeah, if you're asking what's the why the intrigue for John and Danny's baby, I don't know. Maybe it's a blood thing, like the Targaryen blood, or the I have no idea. Um, hmm. The Stark blood, perhaps. We there's lots of theories that that people believe the sure, Night right. King okay, could so I be guess a that Stark. Baby would have some Stark blood. Would too. be related to him. Yeah, yeah. Technically, if that is indeed a Stark, that is mm-hmm. the Night King, which I hope we find out. Yeah, interesting, interesting thought there. That could that I I could I could see that one. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't like the ones I could see. Like I when I'm like when <laughs> yeah. she's talking and I'm like, oh god, this makes way too much sense. That starts to freak me out. Yeah, I, I man, I don't have I don't have too much further thought on that. Unfortunately, I that yeah. I was really hoping you could just shred it so that I could never have to think about it again. But good theory. That's just a plain good theory. That's it's the first reasonable outcome outside of just pure massacre on either side that I've heard that could le- that, that could be a potential ending. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Thank you for the call. Next. Hey, Clan Clan. We have John from Boston here calling in on the ridiculous question about who you'd have for your starting five uh, in basketball. Uh, I know you guys are pretty confident in the mountain being unstoppable down low. Um, I'm going to rebut that with uh, one. I'm not sure of his height. Uh, maximum is, but I'm pretty sure he could take anyone down low. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Love the pod. Take care. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, no, dude, listen. We got maybe 30 tweets, 20 hotline calls from people like, how do you not put 1-1 one, one at center? That He's a fucking giant. You can't pick a fucking giant. I could have sworn we were I specific. thought we said. I thought we, we mentioned must not. him and was like, but we must not have. Yeah. I, so I thought we maybe it was much, off mic. Much like our earlier discussion here, we were just eliminating the like the overarching, you know. You can't what is Drogon going to be your point guard? You can't use the <laughs> magic people the fuck it. What are you doing? 1-1 can't be the center. He's 20 feet tall. Yeah, so no so no yeah, 1-1 is excluded from the from the options. Also he's dead and he took an arrow to the eyeball, <laughs> which is not you you want two eyes on the court if possible. Come on. Humans only, idiots. This is I can't believe how many people were upset with us for not picking 1-1 as our center. And I can't believe we weren't more clear that he wasn't even fucking eligible. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Manscaped. We've all hit a patch in our lives, uh, no pun intended. Whether it's because of like a dry spell or just general laziness or lack of fucks given, where downstairs mix-up gets a little out of control. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with some hair down there, but a bush is something that belongs in Fortnite, not on the human body. And I've been there myself, I won't lie. And Manscaped dragged me back from the depths. My whole deal was I was always re- I would always retire what used to be my electric face razor to be my body hair tool, and it wasn't made for that. So it would nick me and cut me and shit, and then one day I just said, screw it, I'm going all natural. And, and that's wrong <laughs> and disgusting. Then Manscaped came into my life, where there is absolutely no fear in hurting your nuts with a nick or a cut or a snag ever again, thanks to the incredible Lawnmower 2.0. Now my balls and their environment are clean, safe, and happy. The Manscaped product line was created specifically for a man's distinctive grooming needs below the waist, featuring specially formulated products to cleanse, moisturize, and deodorize your smelly balls. Manscaped also offers tools engineered to give every gentleman a close, refined appearance. Manscaped empowers men by providing the right tools for the right job. Their complete manscaping system includes the Lawnmower 2.0, a rechargeable waterproof trimmer with skin-safe technology for a nick-free trim. Thing's incredible. I love it. And to learn more about Manscaped's revolutionary products, visit manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com today and use the code OCC, ClamFam, to get 20% off your entire order. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com, OCC, Bumblebee Tuna, next segment. And by next segment, I mean, we got two more calls. Here's the first one. It's hard doing two shows. Sometimes sometimes you forget which one you're on. Bumblebee Tuna? It's from Ace Ventura. Your balls are showing Bumblebee Tuna? <laughs> Nobody knows why I'm saying Bumblebee Tuna. I'm sure the Manscaped people are equally confused. <laughs> Just inserting made-up words into their ad reads. But here's, here's the next call. Hey, what's up, guys? I am calling back because I fucked up my previous call. It happened. Uh, this is Kayla Sacco calling from New York. Um, first off, I wanted to, you know, give a big ups to Ross Bolin Media. I am so glad that you guys are still doing your thing. And I'm fucking stoked that, you know, you're still going strong with oysters, clams, and cockles. I love the podcast. I read an article it, um, that George R. R. Martin outlined um, the Game of Thrones 
book series, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, uh, back in 1993. And he had stated that five major characters would make it through the end of the series. Now, this was back in 1993, so I'm sure things have changed since then. But I was just curious, if you guys had to choose five characters who are going to make it to the end of this thing, who would you choose? All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Keep doing your thing. Uh, you have a big fan here in New York, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, listening to more of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles and the Ross Bolin podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Well, first of all, I appreciate the support. Thank you very much. Also, people in New York say stoked. Mm. I thought that was a West Coast thing to say stoked. I think that's gone. I think that's gone. That's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not the New York accent I expected. Although it's great to hear we got listeners in New York. Obviously. She actually. I, I. I was thinking that that was Natasha Leone while she was talking. Oh, were so you? A very New York. Accent oh, okay. Yeah. As New York as it gets. Back in the '90s, as she mentioned, apparently GRRM outlined. The five major char- that, that only five major characters would survive the series. Now, I've seen this before. I think he's actually responded uh, to questions regarding this outline that, that is available from back in the 90s or whatever. Now, that was in the fucking 90s, so who knows if he stuck to it or what. I mean, he's been writing the last book for, for what feels like 10 years, 20 years anyway. I have no idea if he's going to stick to it. To imagine that only five major characters would survive is really scary because if you really wanted to... I mean, how how many characters count as major characters on this show? Just think about it. We've got Danny, John, Tyrion, Arya, Sansa, the Hound, Tormund, Gilly, Sam, Cersei, Jaime. There are way the fuck more than five major characters left. So you start, you have to start to face the fact the death toll in this season, in this final season, is almost definitely going to be brutal. Uh, and this is something that I have only recently started to think about, like literally this week, was how hard this season might be for all of us. Like, I think we're going to get a lot of really enjoyable moments. Like, I can't imagine the battle for Winterfell or whatever episode three, the longest one, is supposed to be. I can't imagine that battle scene disappointing anyone. Uh, That would shock me if they fucked up that battle scene. I think we're going to have plenty of moments in season eight to look forward to and be happy about. Obviously, the ending is very much up in the air in terms of whether it'll be happy or sad. But I think it's, without a doubt, we're going to have at least a few devastating moments. Yeah. Um, so what, I'm, what I've pulled up here to look at to think about this a little bit further is who are the POV characters. Uh-huh. In the, for in those the of you that don't know, even though, I mean, we've talked about it before, but yeah. the books are written chapter by chapter from the point of view of one character right, so at like a time. One chapter will be Sansa, the next will be Ned, the next will be Jon. So, yeah. Right. So the narrator is, is, is never like a like a you know, an ethereal, like, third-person narrator. It's always from the point of view of a A character. character. So it goes, it stands to reason that, like, when he, in the early days, was outlining, quote-unquote, major characters, that they would have to be ones that that were point-of-view characters. Sure. So that that includes everybody from, like, that is Tyrion, that's Arya, Jon, Sansa, Bran, Theon, Daenerys, um... Cersei, Jamie, uh, Bran of Tarth, even. Yeah. Uh, Dude. Davos gets POV. Uh, so there's, I mean, Melisandre Dude, gets every, POV. Everybody, everybody's up for grabs here. So, so you know, the, if it's really five of like, of out of all of those, then that means lots of death. But just, you know, off the top of my head, I, I think first and foremost, I have to hope that, hmm. Well, I, you know what? I was going to start with this is yeah, this Dude, is tough. I found a site on a a wiki of Ice and Fire actually that breaks down every single chapter by book of that, which character is the POV character, which is kind of cool. All you have to do is Google uh POV characters from the books like, wi- like wh- which has which characters are POV in which books in which chapter, yeah, in order. Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay, so for instance. I've got one that just is like A Clash of Kings, Tyrion Lannister, 15 chapters. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. Arya Stark, 10 chapters. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. not in order. It just gives you how many chapters they got in right. each book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy to, to see the breakdown of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some characters. Well, first of all, there are some characters that don't even exist in the show. Right. There are also some characters that you would not expect to be chapter Absolutely. POV the, characters. This is, so I've, it, as you may know, I have like started reading the first book. This was a, a couple of years ago, at least now, and I never 
fin- got fin- got through it. But in the first book, when Sad. it st- when it starts, it's like it's only big time characters. So I'm actually pretty surprised looking looking down at this. Yeah, that's where it gets crazy because the, the first book is all main characters that right. you know, and you're like, okay, this, if you've watched the show, if the second book. You like start to add in a little bit. It gets more and more obscure, and then by like book five, you're like, "Wait, what the fuck is going on? Where happened all the characters that I was yeah, reading who, about? Who the hell is Crescent? Yeah, no, the Maester it, of Stannis Baratheon. It gets really tough at the end of the books, uh, especially like I read all the books after I watched season one, so they've mm-hmm. all but slipped from my memory entirely, as you know if you've listened to this show ever. But uh, I do remember getting to the later books and being very confused about a. What the fuck was going on? Who the people were I was reading about? How they were going to make this work on the show? And then they they found a way, and it was by basically not including a lot of them, combining certain characters from those books with characters that already existed in the show, inventing other characters to take the place of multiple characters from the books, which happens in a couple different instances. And uh, I have no... If I have to pick between all those people, like, I think my obvious choice... I don't think Danny and John both survive, as I've mentioned multiple times. So if I'm having to pick one of them, I'm still picking John. Maybe I'm sexist. I don't know. I just like his story more. And he's already died once. Uh, I have to have Tyrion survive. I love him too much. I have to have the girls survive. I'm already at four. So I get to pick one more person? Like Arya and Sansa have to come with me. Mm -hmm. One more? Dude, that's Brienne, the Hound, Pot, like all of these people to pick from. I have no idea how I would pick a fifth, honestly. See I, now, but now we're major. Uh, yeah, this is. Sam, see, I just like, don't. I just don't know who's considered a major character and who's not. I'm. What I've done here now is I've organized this by uh, number of chapters total so far in all the books. Okay. And now I'm looking at the list, and so okay. So if I'm just picking five, like big, big, big time characters here, I'm picking John and Dan- and Daenerys for myself, and then I got to have Sansa, and then. Um, and then I and then I want Sam. And then really like the like, I can I can live with pretty much. I mean, like maybe I throw Brienne in there. I don't know. Yeah. I can live with everybody else dying. You're gonna have to. Yeah, I think the the chapter breakdown is crazy. Like the only person with more chapters than Jon Snow. Jon has 42 chapters across the books. Is Tyrion with 49. Right. And then the next closest is Arya at 34. And then there's an even bigger drop-off and it's people around like 2025. I I just, I feel like it's going to somehow, besides what we've already talked about, like probably one of Jon or Danny is in serious danger. I also think Arya and Tyrion are both very, very, like they're going to be, they feel like they're on the chopping block to me. I, I agree with Tyrion especially because his care, like he's at a low, right? Yeah. He, he, it no longer feels like Tyrion is inspired and happy and working on something he loves. It feels more like a duty and a pain in the ass. You, you also feel like, but with both of those characters, when, when you think about like who could survive and, and go on, uh-huh. I lean towards characters that still have like a lot of life to fulfill, right. basically. And Which Arya would have. But but maybe like, not what's she gonna she's do? an assassin. Yeah, it's like what's the she's a soldier. Like it actually makes sense for her to, to die, die in combat, if, especially if the conflict all comes to uh, yeah. resolved. Then she has no purpose moving forward as right. a fucking ninja or whatever and for, she is. And Tyrion has like basically put all of this into action. He's made this happen. He's run. He's, he's run dodged. The gamut of he's life. dodged death so many times. Like for him, it just feels like it's it's gonna be. You know, he's done. He's basically done his duty. You can He's see done the best that he can. Easily, I can picture Tyrion in my mind dying in a scene that is like him feeling fulfilled because he has accomplished what he needed to. It's very sad and emotional for us, but also he is seeing that his life's work came to pass and everything after him is going to be well or whatever. Right. Uh, I could see that. But we're probably not going to get something that clean. (laughs) Like the odds of us getting something clean like that are pretty fucking low. So this is the part about season eight that's the most terrifying is who's going to die. And none of us know. Sure, we've got some guesses, but that's the biggest. I mean, if nothing else, this podcast serves as an emotional support group during the course of season eight where we can (laughs) talk about how fucking sad we are every week, which will be nice. At least we've got (laughs) that. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to be able to vent. We're going to be able to wallow with all of you. Yeah. Next and final call for today. Ross Barrett. This is me, Alex from Maine, calling back after I fucked up those last calls. Not going to fuck this one up. All right. 
Two main things. One quick one. Thanks for doing this podcast. I really look forward to the pods after all the episodes. I think you guys do a really great job. Um, it's been a great part of this experience uh, that we call Game of Thrones. My question, who would win in a battle royale between the White Walkers from Game of Thrones and the Black Riders from Lord of the Rings? That's the question. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you guys. Peace out. Oh, let's get nerdy. Uh, Alex from Maine, way to go uh, being persistent and not giving up when you fucked up your first call. That's how it's done. If first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah. And thank you for the kind words. Who would win in a battle royale, the White Walkers from Thrones or the Black Riders from Lord of the Rings? The Black Riders are just those the former kings of men who are on the horses or whatever. It's interesting because aren't they both like affected by fire at one point? They get they get stuck with fire at, at the top of that mountain when they stab Frodo with the Morgul blade or whatever. And, uh, and they all shriek and run off because they're on fire. This is not a question I can answer because I am I know almost nothing about Lord of the Rings. How is that possible? And for that reason, you're out. I'm out. I dude, what the the hypothetical is <laughs> tough because the the Black Riders in LOTR you know we don't really know a ton about in terms of how you one of them gets got like the main one gets got I guess what would be the Night King of the Black Riders gets got I forget what his name was. It's super dorky, but in that last movie, he gets stabbed like through the face mask by the chick, and then he explodes or whatever. They're very <laughs> difficult to fucking kill. Uh, the White Walkers seem to be a bit more simplistic in how you get rid of them. Like, come on, we've seen Sam take out a White Walker. Mm-hmm. Sam. It's doable. It can be done. We've yeah. seen John kill multiple of these motherfuckers, right? Right. So, I'm, I'm going to have to say I choose the White Walkers just because I'm very aware of what will kill them and take them out. I don't know. I'm not like Barrett. I'm not educated enough on the Black Riders. To Wait, know. so you're saying the Black Riders would, would win? Yeah. They'd yeah. beat the Night, the night Yes, Walkers. I'm saying the yeah. in the Battle Royale, the Black Riders take out the White Walkers okay, okay. because be, just because I know how the White Walkers can be killed and it's right, right, right. very simple. Okay. It's just uh, you got to know how to do it and then you're set. Get some fucking obsidian, some dragon glass, perhaps a little bit of fire, and you're good to go. Understood. Understood. That being said, who knows if the Black Riders are educated on what kills White Walkers. This, this, this situation is ridiculous. We're, we, we need to end this show. We will be back. That's it for the hotline calls, by the way. Again, the number that you call to get on our hotline is 866-43-CLAMS, as in cl- oysters, clams, and cockles. 866-43-CLAMS. Uh, this, this was great. We appreciate y'all, everybody who called in. We got a ton of hotline calls. It took me fucking forever to get through. We have a bunch of other good ones lined up for next week as well. But keep calling the hotline with questions, theories, clam fam corrections, etc. Uh, if you have anything to add to perhaps a, a conversation that we've already had, keep the calls coming. We'll keep listening to the new ones that come in and, and, and pick and choose and plug in ones that we see fit. Uh, and then when season eight finally arrives, we'll obviously be dropping new podcasts every single Monday right after the Sunday when the new episode of Game of Thrones drops for you guys uh, so that we can all digest what happened together, analyze it, and talk through it, and hopefully not mourn too much, but we do know there will be some mourning involved. And then I believe we will also be dropping an episode, well, I don't believe, I know we will be doing a second episode for every week in the six-week run of Game of Thrones Season 8 where we are answering more hotline calls and getting even further and deeper into what happened that week and what we think will happen in the rest of the season as a whole, etc., how everything's tying together. So you'll have two episodes a week of this show for every episode of Game of Thrones during Season 8 to help you get through, and we cannot wait to take it, analyze, and digest the final season of this incredible saga with all of you, Clam fam. We are so close Follow this podcast on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, and you can like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me, Ross Bolin, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Same name on all three at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. That's at W-R-Bolin. I also have another podcast called the Ross Bolin Podcast, which is... Uh, Essentially, the things that I think are interesting, funny, or cool from every day or just the world or history uh, is very random, but it's a lot of fun. I talk a lot about mental health as well, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, and the like. 
and uh, we have a really good time. So I encourage you to give the Ross Bolin podcast a, sh- a chance if you are looking for something else to listen to besides OCC and what Barrett's about to tell you about. Barrett, where can everybody follow you and hear more from you? Well, you can check out my personal accounts at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. And then uh, if you want to hear more from me, I host a podcast called Club Cool, where we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. And just yesterday, just yesterday, just yesterday, my two worlds collided on the show when uh, Phil and I uh-huh, uh-huh. reviewed the John Varvatos Game of Thrones collaboration. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you want to hear my fire takes on that, <coughs> it's trash. Will you explain? Um, then you, then John Varvatos is a designer? Cool. Yes, it right? is. A, yeah, a brand. Yeah. Isn't he mostly a shoe guy? No, 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 full, full, full on. This is above my pay grade. What's the, uh, the collection shit though? Is the gist of it? You're gonna it, have to listen to Club Cool to find yeah, out. Yeah, okay. it looks, it looked to be short. It looks like costume stuff. From I Game also, I also need to go listen to it. Is the, so, is the key here? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, th- so, so that's me. It you. It, it me. Club Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, again, 866-43-CLAMS is the hotline number. We would very much appreciate it if you're enjoying OCC, if you've loved Season 6, 7, The Night's Rewatch, if you're looking forward to Season 8. Go rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It's awesome if you listen on Spotify or SoundCloud. That's great. We do not care where you listen as long as you listen. But we need you to rate and review specifically on Apple Podcasts. That's where we get the most shine. Apple Podcasts is still the biggest podcast platform. The more exposure we can get on Apple Podcasts, the better. Uh, So please, please, please rate and review. Rate and review. If you have never done so, it takes just a couple minutes. You give us five stars. You write two, three sentences about why you love the show, why you think other people would enjoy it, how it's the number one Game of Thrones podcast podcast in the realm and uh we'll be all good we can't wait to talk more next week thank y'all peace out clan fam